throughout history, hearths have been a center of connection and culture. Together and with those who stop by, we will be exploring magic, folklore, knowledge, and more. I'm Kristen. And I'm Alaire. Welcome to Tales from the Hearth. Welcome back to Tales from the Hearth. Hello and welcome back, friends. We're so excited to have you today in our, really our first episode to dig into magical practices. We'd start kind of at the ground up, right? Right, yeah. We're going to go and discuss some nature practices today. Especially because, you know, we all live in this world together so what better way to start off the podcast than the one thing that we all have in common nature absolutely absolutely because i mean if nothing else we're here i mean the experience is very drastically right (laughs) so good luck but let's talk nature because we're all in it we're all of it Living on this abundant planet of ours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nature practices, they can be found in basically every culture. I can't think of a single culture that nature practices aren't involved in. From fair folks and little people to um, just appreciation and worship of the planet. I mean, there's people who literally all they do is just pick up trash and try to live an extremely eco-friendly life as part of their practice. So whatever you can think of involving nature, taking care of nature, appreciating nature, that's basically the bulk of a a nature-based practice. Right. I think it's so funny because I feel like it's, well, you know, tied for the first religion (laughs) and also like the newest religion. I feel like so many people I know who would describe themselves as like atheist or agnostic or even like contemplating their religious standing or spiritual standing wherever they are I feel like so many people would be quick to say like but you know I go out in nature and I experience something and I feel something and it gives me peace right absolutely like that's the beginning and end of it (laughs) like (laughs) it gives you peace like you know that on your ideal day in nature because trust me I am not the most outdoorsy person I am very particular about how I can handle being outside in the elements, but on my ideal day in nature, like, it is always, like, calming. It's always, it's soothing something in you to just, like, remember you are but another piece of this. So it's really interesting to me to see it at, like, the very foundations of any kind of religion and at the, like, newest idea from these people who are, like, no, I want to throw off the shackles of tradition, of religion. Their first turn, I feel like, is always like the forest. <laughs> like, yes, mm-hmm. go enjoy. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, I feel like that's also one of the things that kind of brings so many people together, um, especially in support of like minority groups, um, those who were oppressed. Like for ex- a perfect example, 
the indigenous peoples of North America, mm-hmm. so many of them were so deeply rooted in their practices. And absolutely, I feel like that's one of the main ways that people really try to help um, support indigenous peoples today. A lot of people go out to protest to help protest for like clean water, to stop deforestation, to help fight for the land back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, rematriation efforts of like the land mass that we are both currently on, um, North America, Turtle Island. But I I feel like it it is mm-hmm. a great idea to base these practices on to focus your energy towards like what does this land need the most and we see with the climate with like climate change happening in real time it needs to be stewarded by the people who actually like know it love it and cherish it and that is the yeah swiftest way to take care of it as well as the people it belongs to right on a big scale on a small scale we should think about like what we're doing and mm-hmm. what it's for and the magical practices of nature um, can be something as simple as like cleaning up trash or as big as fighting for the land back movement. And like both of those are equally magical for the land. Right. People have had a huge hand in nature for keeping it going. We've shaped <laughs> yeah. it. We've bonded with it. It's such a deep part of us. Even when you live in the city, you still interact with nature every day. And just like Alaire said, it could be as simple as just donating time or money to um, movements that are helping to support the environment, picking up trash, like if you're out at the lake, or it could even be going out to protest, going out to replant trees and other native plants that are indigenous to certain areas after a fire Mm -hmm. anything that you could think of that involves nature is is a pretty good part to include in your practice and i mean we've talked a lot so far about like different um north american traditions but it folk practices around the world are nature-based i (laughs) as we've discussed, have a Sicilian background. So I have a lot of Sicilian folk practices. Um, I have a lot of Northern traditions and um, some Celtic. I don't do a lot of like Celtic specific traditions, but like I have the blood in me. So, and my partner strongly does as well. But so any folk tradition, Sicilian, Northern, Celtic, Germanic, Teutonic, Hellenic, like there are so many different that I could that I could label, but there are so many folk traditions that are rooted in magic. Um, it was not that long ago that we were all so much more connected to magic. And I mean, I come from a long family history of living in cities. Like my Sicilian ancestors lived in Palermo and had for a very long time. Some just outside, but like not. I don't have that much agrarian history in me I have some like down some lines but there like like Kristen said there's this false idea that if you live in the city you don't interact with nature as much and that's just not true because everything is nature we are here we are on this planet so yeah (laughs) 
And there are a lot of different ways to bring nature into your practice, actually. Like, just get down to the roots of all the different elements. Um, Mm -hmm. So the elements are fire, air, earth, and water. Um, But you can get really creative with different ways to use them. One of, um, like, air is great for cleansing. Mm -hmm. So, like, wind practices and, like, smoke practices and stuff are always used for cleansing. In the city, how do you get fire in? How do you get in, like, smoke or air practices? If you can't always throw open your windows and I can't light things in my apartment and X, Y, and Z, like, get creative because every element has relations to different herbs, to different crystals, to different ideas of working as well. Also, we use technology in witchcraft because witchcraft doesn't discriminate, I promise you. Electric candles work. Use an electric candle. That's fine. Use cinnamon in place of fire. It's that spicy herb or any other kind of spicy herb. Uh, Chili or cayenne, depending on the exact flavor of what you're doing, if you will. Yeah, one of the things that I actually have in my home is I have kind of like a picture that's or some kind of decorative wall item that is, um, it directly corresponds to an element and I will put it on the wall that is in the direction associated with that element too. Um, in which like air and water, earth and fire, some people kind of like, there's different interpretations for which northeast, south and west, you know, direction goes with which one. Yes. So pick which one feels like it's the right one for you. But so on my wall for like north, I will have um, something to do with earth decor hanging on that wall. Yeah. For an east wall, I have an air decor. For the south wall, I have a fire decor. And then for the west wall, I have a water decor. And that's just one of the simple ways to bring those elements into the house to give them a space. Um, It helps to not only like protect your home, but it's nice for grounding if you want to choose which one you're going to work with. Yes. There's so many things that you can do with something as simple as hanging up decorations. Yeah, I think the decorations is a huge one too. I think that like it's a way to also just for like recognition of the elements. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really important and a way to really bring nature practices in. Again, because as someone who doesn't like to be outside all the time, how else can I connect with nature um just kind of like dwelling on and having them around to bring my thoughts back to and like I mentioned right um cinnamon for fire but like even just the look of candles even if you can't light them will be bringing the idea of what kind of sparks you and this passion and the like romance of candles and fire and bringing that element into your life that way with air if you have like feathers or bells or things like this it kind of gives you that idea of like that movement of air that you feel Mm -hmm. you know um earth flowers clay like terracotta like any kind of elements I um dried roots really earthly stuff dried Mm -hmm. roots I mean yeah all over my altar I have just like a bowl of acorns and pine cones (laughs) and tree bark and dry like just so much random stuff that was like oh I want to come home with you right um and like water chalice seashell a mirror like 
there are so many different options. And water is actually a great way to cleanse when you can't use fire or smoke for cleansing. You can infuse water with the herb. So the earth and water you can put into a spray to cleanse a space Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and you can also set like a glass of water in some sunlight. Um, Mm -hmm. You could... If you just want to capture fire and say you don't really have the space to do that, you could have sun catchers in your windows. You could find some of the cones that that. are fire adapted and use those specifically to represent the fire element. Oh, I love that. So there's really like a million and one ways to associate something with anything pretty much to be able to bring it into your practice absolutely and like these are just our ideas and what we've thought about and what works for us but again Mm -hmm. you will have different associations maybe to you cinnamon is actually really about like the coldness of winter or something i don't know that that might be Mm -hmm. a stretch but you get you get my point is that like there are so many different ways to look at it what works for you what represents air for you water, fire, earth. There are so many different things and just ways to consider them and appreciate them and to really think of how you are still connected with nature. How often do you interact with nature? How often are you touching something that came from the ground? How often are you appreciating the way the wind can refresh you and make it feel like it pulls away your negative emotions and or negative thoughts and like how frequently do you drink a cold glass of water and you're like wow this is clarifying to me how often Mm -hmm. do you light a candle and you're like wow this makes me feel romantic and warm and like moody like right think of how you're bringing these elements into your life consider it more there's so many different ways to Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be individual. If you, the like, if your favorite part about, like, floating on down the river on a float trip or hiking or sitting out in your backyard, if your favorite part of that isn't so much doing that activity but being with certain people or having bonds or whatever, you can associate those feelings with the same elements. Try to incorporate those bonds that you're having with the people and consider that part of your nature-based practice. It doesn't have to be like a total true dedication to like, I'm going to go sit in the grass to feel the grass. (laughs) I'm going to go sit in the yard because I really enjoy watching my kid play and it feels nice to sit in the grass at the same time. It, It can be as simple as that also. Exactly. It doesn't have to be every single time a perfect practice of its own. You can, as you are walking home at night or sitting out in the grass as your kid plays or something like that, like just take a moment to be like, oh, wow, look how lovely this is. Thank you. Thanks, mm-hmm. elements. The, <laughs> the exact configuration of elements that are happening around me right now. Right. Which is also worth noting for the elements and like around you out in nature of like sunshine. Hey, the sunshine, fire Mm -hmm. (laughs) right there. Like planetary and astral magic is also nature magic. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is all part of nature. (laughs) Yeah. You can easily incorporate 
elements um, and nature-based practices through working with the planets and the zodiac signs as well because um, without an earth we wouldn't be here <laughs> without mm -hmm. our sun we wouldn't be here we are literally made of the same elements that the earth is made of the other planets asteroids stars like we are all pretty much made of the same materials so i have it i have it tattooed on my thigh be humble you are made of the earth be noble you are made of the stars because you are made of all of the same things and like and it's silly to point it out because like obviously but also like think about it sometimes if you take that for granted like think about it dwell on it how elementally down to the atoms you are the same as these things these other giant beings in this universe that without which you wouldn't be here it truly does make you feel so connected <laughs> exactly planets collided to get you here to get all of us here and wow, what a journey it's been. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the Curated Hearth is a digital communal altar space that anyone can petition to add their magic while also being protected and supported by my magic, I'm a Lair, as well as Kristen's. The website The Curated Hearth was developed for community magic to give anyone an altar they can contribute to no matter what their circumstances may be, as well as an archive to find more information and written explorations on magic, folklore, knowledge, and more. If you enjoy Tales from the Hearth, come join us at thecuratedhearth.com. So we've talked a little bit about kind of some of the more, I don't know, mundane and more broad ways that you can get nature involved in your everyday lives and your practices. We're going to dive a little bit into kind of what our own practices are like for each of us involving nature, nature spirits, the elements. Yeah. For me personally, um, being both Irish and Cherokee, the fair folk are actually really important to both of them. So we have the Cherokee little people. We have obviously like the good neighbors, the fair folk of Ireland, the she. Um, they're, they're plentiful, abundant names. <laughs> yes. Um, I love the she. And so ha I do have a lot of like fairy images all over my house. I've got little fairy houses, one inside my house, one outside up my front door. We do a lot of gardening. Um, I invite all of the nature spirits in to kind of help out with like the house plants, the plants that are outside. Um, I also actually, it's, it's going to sound a little grave, um, but I do have a lot of animals that come to my yard to pass, even bees. <laughs> Um, and so I do bury them and I give them like a whole funeral with flowers and everything. It's so like, I think they sense that as they're getting to the end of their lives, they're like that, that place is magical and she'll, <laughs> she'll honor us in, in our death. I think that like, they can feel it. They're like, this feels safe. Right. They like, they're, they sense your power and they're headed back to your magic. Because again, I said it, I've said it before already on this podcast, 
Kristen, Kristen's magic feels like nature. So like the, all these animals and like insects can feel you and they're like, as they're getting in their little insect old age, they're like, I just gotta make it to her and she'll give me the right passing. <laughs> I imagine this little decrepit old bee. He has like two thirds of a wing left. He's right. like, I just gotta get to her. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Like I tried to give them water and, um some sugar and like honey and stuff like that and they just didn't recover so I figured ah it's I guess I guess that's what's gonna happen um (laughs) but so like I do stuff like that um I pick up trash when like I go hiking and so for someone who has a bug phobia (laughs) I that we're currently battling (laughs) yeah that I'm like looking around the room in which I'm recording right now and having to like suck up all these bugs with a vacuum so that I can go dump them outside and they have a chance at life. But like, I try to be nice to nature in that way. Um, I have had a million and one spiders on my person, traumatizing, (laughs) (laughs) including on my face. Okay. Um, But also again, like Kristen has like, you know, can can I name? Are you okay if I name a few people like on your roster that like oh, like yeah, are <laughs> okay? I didn't want to put you on blast like this, but like, uh, your Mothman fair folk and like grandmother spider, like you are not like again. I cannot get it across enough. Kristen is just like nature magic (laughs) so nature's just like seeking her out Mm -hmm. the insects think they're loving her and she's like for the love of god stop crawling on me please yeah I know I really am I'm like I appreciate you I want you to have a nice and good life but that's outside that's not in my home and it's not on my body (laughs) personal boundaries strong personal boundaries always for them for the love of god please stop flying at my face um (laughs) but so like i do simple things like that um i do incorporate a lot of elemental magic in my workings so i will usually have a placement for um water earth air fire i do actually they have their own altar in my house and then i have one for them outside of the house as well Um, I do try to leave offerings both inside and outside for the nature spirits, um, inside for my spirit team, outside for the nature spirits. Um, yeah. And then being that I'm so much air because I'm an Aquarius sun and moon, Gemini rising, I think I have like six Aquarius placements total. Um, being that I am so much air, I also have... Wind chimes everywhere, mm-hmm. inside the house, outside the house, on the porch, in the trees. Um, I've got lots of feathers everywhere, feather decor. I try to incorporate elements that are my strong suit and stuff that I also grew up with because growing up in Oklahoma, storm season is the big thing. Tornadoes Absolutely. everywhere, and I have had an obsession with them for forever. So working with a specific element that's more tailored to like me and my energy is also something I do. Hey, we were just talking about this yesterday. Of course. See, Mm -hmm. 
You said you were spiraling like it was a negative thing, but you love tornadoes. Yesterday, Kristen was having a very powerful day, and in the midst of the power was like, weird, it's only windy by my house. Why? (laughs) Girl, it's because you're strong. (laughs) Like, that's it, I promise. Um, I think that's the most important one. I really love on my altar, like I mentioned, I have a bowl of just different pieces from out in nature mm-hmm. that I've brought in. Um, <laughs> okay, here. Let's get a little bit into the Wiley nature spirits, though, because um, nature spirits by nature <laughs> are like nature. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Wow. <laughs> uh, is nature controllable? No. Is like think I think about it like the weather. Can we control the weather yet? No, we cannot. Um Nature is wily. It is not good. It is not bad. It is nature. It just is. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> the term mercurial can often be applied to nature spirits. My one nature spirit I work with a- lovingly is dear Baba Yaga. And depending on the way you come to her or what you're reading, she's somewhere between a nature spirit and a deity Um, I kind of have her in this liminal space, much like nature is like she, but she's hilarious. I have on the altar for her a stick because at one point she left for a little bit, like Mm -hmm. our, our, (laughs) she made a very dramatic exit. Um, and she came back and the day she came back, I had on like, I had on this skirt that, for some reason it kept catching on this one single stick and like the stick kept getting dragged into my house and like I'd suddenly turn around and like the stick is just dragged. I'm like, okay, well, and then, and in the midst of all this, this wasn't the only reason, but like other stuff came, the signs were clear that Baba was back and I'm like, well, this stick is Baba's. Now this, (laughs) the stick just lives in the home of this house, in our house. Um, So I have, I have a stick from Baba on there, but, and like, trust me, that is the tamest, wiliest thing she's ever done. Mm-hmm. Be careful with Baba. She, again, in the most lovely, loving way, I say, she is a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. because she is nature incarnate. And she is fantastic and she is terrifying and she will make you face your greatest fears about yourself in your own deepest, darkest forests. And she'll serve you soup as after you clean out her hearth and her little chicken legged hut and that's how it feels right um she loves to give answers by way of questions as you're cleaning your hearth that's the most frequent way in which she answers me (laughs) i need to be like i need to have cleaned out my altar and like on my knees scrubbing it and then it's like she's like cinderella novel (laughs) exactly exactly she loves to give me a little cinderella Cinderella work. Uh, if anyone's actually read any Baba Yaga mythology, there's a lot of like overlap with like Vasilisa and like kind of a Cinderella idea. So mm-hmm. like it's not not like Cinderella, <laughs> but she's not the evil stepmother. I promise. Like oh yeah, she's she's just wily. She's just Baba. There's no one else she could be. Um, so I have like three bodies of water that are. Like, I am deep. I've always been deeply connected to the first of which being Lake Superior. I've grown up in the northern Great Lakes region, and Lake Superior is such ancient glacial 
powerful magic. Like, it cleanses you in the deepest, most frigid way possible. And I love it so much. So I have, like, a gallon of Lake Superior water on my altar. Um, I've, I'm also very connected to Lake Michigan. I've grown up also along the shores of Lake Michigan. And I've been raising my family along the shores of Lake Michigan, now based in Milwaukee. Um, but also the Mediterranean and my <laughs> Sicilian family, could, if you couldn't guess, hails from the Mediterranean. Uh, but for my birthday last year and for the end of my Saturn return, I went to the Mediterranean. I wanted to swim in it. I definitely did that. <laughs> the, <laughs> the day before my birthday, the Mediterranean tried to eat me whole. Um, <laughs> I was like down on a stone platform and like it was wavy but not that wavy actually compared to this wave and like I don't know a wave ate the entire platform only I was on I barely held on but I did and we're fine now so it's cool (laughs) um but like I I've always found them so important and I've kind of made pilgrimages to them Um, and when I can, I have them. So I do have like a jar of Lake Superior water. I have a jar of a little Sicilian earth on my ancestor altar. Um, lots of pine because a lot of my Northern tradition is by way of like, um, my Finnish ancestral connections and things like that. That's what really, I feel like connects me to forests a lot. Being, um, Scandinavian, specifically Finnish, um, more specifically of Sami descent, but unfortunately I have no connection and I need to, I'm hoping to get into further research on it. Um, I, it's, it's really interesting. I've seen pictures. I've never actually been to Finland yet, but, um, Finland and the Northern Great Lakes look really similar because they fall along a similar parallel. So you have these really like flat sea level lakes with like very tall, stunning pine trees that um I've grown up around so I feel very connected to them so I have a ton of pine elements and like conifer elements on my altar as well and it's also a testament too to like how connected you can feel even through your ancestry in nature-based practices when you live and explore places that were like significant to them or places that are super similar to what they used to be um, where they used to be whenever they were alive yeah that's a really great point is that I feel like if I've found personally that the time that I spent in geographical that I spend in geographical locations that um, my ancestry would recognize even if it's not necessarily the same exact place um that if it's a place they would recognize, I feel kind of more at peace. Like there's, you kind of look around the globe and for some reason, this is like something I've mused and like thought about a lot as a historian and anthropologist, but like you see a lot of nations that run North and South longer than they are East and West. Um, And I always find that interesting because like, geographically there's a lot more variance if you go 500 miles north to south than if you do 500 miles east to west so if you actually look i mean a lot of arctic um cultures be it sami people 
Native American mm-hmm. people, um, Inuit, Russian, what have you, have like myths around bears, right? Right. Um, and they they tend to similarities because they're from like similar nature, mm-hmm. and so being in these north woods of the Great Lakes of the Great Lakes region. I can see a lot of similarities to, like, Scandinavia. And, I mean, that's why they came here. Like, you can see the same thing. And throughout most of Wisconsin, most of Wisconsin was settled by German by Germans. And, like, everyone here knows that. And I've been to Germany quite a few times. And it looks the same. Like, my husband <laughs> and I will reg- – my partner and I will regularly be driving around and be like, wow, it looks like Germany here. Mm-hmm. Or, wow, it looks like Wisconsin. <laughs> like, right. just rolling farm fields. And – um, there's something to be said for that. Like, your blood is of those places. It recognizes it. Let it. I personally also, for my nature practice, a lot of it is, like, just going for hikes to, like, it's that simple, just going for hikes and just spending time just enjoying being outside my favorite too, my favorite quick tip for using the for utilizing the elements is um, for wind. I love wind so much mm-hmm. and I love using it for cleansing myself. Like I already find wind to be just the most refreshing. So I love to use it when I'm like, in a bad mood or if there are things I need to release I love to go outside and like just let the wind cleanse me Mm -hmm. also a great common nature practice of mine yeah I that's similar to what I do I write a lot of um meditations that are surrounding nature I try to use wind the most (laughs) because it's just the nicest to feel you can hear it sometimes you can smell it depending on what the wind is picking up and so I try to use wind in pretty much everything that I do, but especially in uh, meditative practices. Are you interested in having your tarot read? Or do you ever wonder what angels or archangels are assigned to me by my birth? Samantha with Shining Light Education does it all. She can read tarot, she works with angels and archangels. She also does energy healing and somatic yoga. Samantha is a professional psychic medium, tarot reader, and spiritual mentor who is trained in energy healing and trauma sensitivity. She guides people to connect deeply with their mind, body, and the divine. With her services being offered both online and in person, she's easily accessible and she also has a lot more offerings coming up soon. You can check out Samantha's offerings with Shining Light Education at her Instagram, shining underscore light underscore education, or at her website, shininglighteducation.ca. If you're unsure where to start, you can book a 30-minute guidance call with Samantha from her website. Check out our show notes to access her links directly. Alaire and I, since Lamas or Lunasa is coming up, we wanted to talk a little bit about that too, especially since it has such deep ties to nature. 
And as our amazing, talented, knowledgeable, wonderful resident historian, (laughs) Alaire, would you mind sharing with everybody about Lamas? Yeah, Lamas is a great... A great sabbat coming up deeply connected to nature as, you know, all the sabbats truly are because they are nothing. Well, they're more, but they are celebrations of the changing of nature and they are connected to deities, hence the dual name Lunazda. And I know that I am butchering that. I can't for the life of me, like speak Gaelic. I'm so sorry. Trust me, I've spent a lot of time (laughs) studying Gaelic cultures. I apologize. I don't have it in me. I can speak romantic languages. My throat doesn't make Gaelic ones. (laughs) Um, But so Lu was a Celtic god of the sun and harvest. Um, It depends on which route you're taking to get to him, whether it be Irish, Scottish, or Welsh, on the um, kind of specifics on his myths and whatnot but generally revered as like a warrior god as well like many sun gods um he sacrifices himself for the harvest which begins on august 1st that is the first sabbat marking the harvest sabbats coming up so we have Lamas, Maban, and Samhain are the three harvest sabbats. For me personally, I divide up the year not really by the four season schedule, but by like a three season schedule makes more sense to me. Mm -hmm. I have like the hatch season that begins like March to July. And then um, end of July, we start to blend into what I consider the harvest season. And then Mm -hmm. it goes and the harvest season goes. Um... Lamas, Maybon, and Samhain. And then after Samhain, we start the hibernate season. And that's when we, you know, go into the underworld, we go into the darkness, we rest more. But during Lamas, right here, we are right between hatch and harvest, right where we're transitioning. It has the most abundance. I kind of think it as we start to give thanks for our abundance that we have because we are starting to be able to reap what we've sowed. We are starting to be able to pull the vegetables from our gardens and Mm -hmm. harvest the wheat to make bread. So much of Lamas rotates around bread and the harvest of wheat. It's the celebration of the harvest of wheat. And you think about the beautiful golden color of bread mimicking the golden color of the wheat and the golden color of the sun and the golden color of warmth. Like I love that so much is just like compounded in this goldenness llamas also falls in leo season which is this golden warm like fire energy so it's all it's in a way the most exciting and abundant moment but also i kind of feel like the eye of the storm almost Mm -hmm. to me like i see it as like you're coming off of the work of hatch season where you're tending your garden and planting and weeding and everything. And you're just before the bigger harvests where you're also having to like prep food to store for the winter. So like you're rotating around in this point where you're starting to benefit from it, but it's not actually giving you more work yet. So uh, it's kind of this time to be like, oh my God, look at all my abundance. Everything is amazing. I am just going to, I am going to soak up the, the abundant, 
simplistic lushness of this time. Like I want fresh fruits and vegetables pulled just from the plant. I want a piping hot loaf of bread to just like smear a little butter on. Like it is that time to savor and like sit in the searing sun because God knows it's too hot to do anything else right now. Right. So take your lizard moment, lay on a rock for <laughs> llamas, like <laughs> celebrate the abundance in all of its different forms. I think that's one of my favorite things to do for llamas is to appreciate the abundance. And really, I find it a great time for, I find all the harvest sabbats to be great times for gratitude work, especially all the sabbats, but all the harvest sabbats, especially because gratitude around the abundance in your life. Um, and to get really, get really different with what that can mean. I spent over a year having the idea of radical abundance kind of being my mantra. And I loved seeing all the different ways that that could come up as both a way to be grateful when things were abundant and also a way to be more okay when I chose to have less of something. Because there's also a radical abundance of time. Do not let capitalism fool you. We are not running out of it. Um, Slow down and take a breath and you can. Because I promise if you're devoting yourself to the things that you actually want to be doing, you will be pleased with how you're spending your time. Now, again, unfortunately, capitalism can lie to you because it can squeak the life out of you and it gets hard. But the more time you can, the more you can devote to the things that you love the most, usually the people you love the most, the more you'll realize that like, that's really all you need to do. (laughs) Like, so there's more time to do it. And at the end, there's also never going to have been enough time. So it's kind of this paradox of like, I promise you, there's more than enough. Also, there will kind of never be enough. And that's the paradox of life. (laughs) Um, But now's a good time to be getting into that paradox of like this super abundant moment in Lamas. And this super like, oh my God, I have so much more work to do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, one of my favorite parts of Lamas is that it's really the first of the celebrations of abundance and gratitude. And it's the one I think that's most popular to celebrate that because there's just so much of it after the growing season and bonding season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just recently started the gratitude practice. Um, and it did not even dawn on me until just now that Maybe that's why, because I always celebrate this sabbat. Yes, it's it's a great one. So uh, Lamas has a lot of seven of pentacles energy to me. That's all about like mm-hmm. you're seeing your hard work pay off, but there's still more hard work to go. But you're kind of in this moment that you can appreciate it, that you can be excited still, that right. you still have the energy, you still can push through. It's not feeling so much like the end. And I love that. I think Lamas is... A really fun one. And it's really, it's really, it's really funny as the like sabbat within Leo season before we get into Virgo season of having to shift into harder work again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's very Empress energy too. Just that mm-hmm. pure raw abundance and growth and celebration and full loving and ah, mm-hmm. the beauty of family and gratitude. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, which is really funny because my grandfather, who I adore and was my absolute favorite person while he was on this planet, and he is his birthday was is August fifteenth. Mm-hmm. So he is a Leo, but he also is very like honey colored to me. Like his presence is very amber and very golden Mm -hmm. and it comes just like two weeks after llama so like llamas kind of reminds me of him in that way like this abundant like very like jovial loving energy that's just kind of like encompassing it's it feels so nice llamas is it's a it's a holiday that i guess i didn't realize how much i loved until we were talking about it just now Mm -hmm. i know that's what i was thinking like i've always celebrated it and enjoyed it but hearing you talk more about it i'm like oh yeah You know what? I do really love this holiday for that reason. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, right? It's apparently a sleeper hit. Mm -hmm. A sleeper hit because, like, um, the Wheel of the Year has eight holidays, but um, I always feel like it's... I feel like most isn't the perfect word, but, like, most important to recognize the ones at the, like, changing seasons especially not that I think that those are perfect, but you know what I mean. Like, the, there's a sun shift on those days. So they are worth noting, and they would have been the most noted worldwide. So it's more understandable that at any given point in history, these exact days would have been represented. Mm-hmm. But I really love also the other sabbats. Personally, I always love yeah. a reason to celebrate. I think that we should constantly be celebrating. So I love having a holiday to come up with something to do every six to eight weeks on really small or really big scales because it does also remind me that time is passing and Mm -hmm. to appreciate it and to appreciate the changes of time and how it fluctuates so right yeah it's gonna um, pass no matter what so you might as well make a celebration out of it exactly you might as well practice gratitude you might as well love it you might as well have a blast on the ride um so I I came up I came up with a list of some ideas for um, celebrating llamas. Mm-hmm. I th- I think um, starting off at the top of the list, the first one you're always gonna hear around llamas is bra- bake bread, bake bread, bake bread, bake bread. Mm-hmm. Listen, I started as a kitchen witch, love kitchen witchery deeply. I also have a very deep fondness for making bread specifically and making bread by hand (laughs) however in the last year my kitchen witchery on a magic and mundane scale is just gone I cannot be bothered to be in the kitchen Mm -hmm. my partner is now making like all of our meals I can't think of what a meal is in my head anymore so you know I get like people being like I literally can't make, like, what? You want me to bake bread? I get it, dudes. Better idea. Let's go buy a pie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, it would be dope if we all had the time, energy, and ability to hand need some bread for llamas. Sure. That's not real. It's 2023. <laughs> like, buy a pie. Buy a fresh loaf of bread. If you want to make something, but you're like... What could I make that's super hands-off, that's whatever? Jam. Go buy whatever kind of seasonal fruit that you love that looks like it's in season. A peach. Peach would be great. Um, 
And it's so easy. I promise you, a jam or a compote or something like that is foolproof. I will just cut it or mash it a little, toss some water, toss some sugar on it, let it simmer. Your mind is going to be blown with how delicious it is. If you want to add a layer of magic, think of some things that you want to manifest or continue to grow in the next couple months during this harvest season. What are you hoping to harvest? And throw some herbs that you connect with that in there. Basil's often for abundance, you know, like the basil is, of course, the only herb I can currently think of, but (laughs) you get the idea. Like throw any herb that you want in there if they're whatever fruit you like. Like you don't have to think about it too much. I promise you it's fruit. It's sugar. It's going to be delicious. So just throw it in a pot and just like simmer it for a little bit. Spread it on some bread. Hallelujah. Merry llamas. (laughs) Like. It could not be easier, I promise. Also, a lot of people will um, use like wheat stalks to decorate. Um, we've mentioned Lou as one of the gods because of Lunazda um, that this day is named after. But I mean, any harvest goddess also like um, Demeter, Isis, like I could probably list 10, but I can only think of two names at this moment. <laughs> Read into that what you will. Um, Nisaba. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) She's just sitting in the background like, ahem. She's like looking at me from her bowl of oats. Like, (laughs) do I mean nothing to you? Yeah. (laughs) Am I just uh, chopped liver back here? Exactly. (laughs) Um, So people will do wheat stocks. Awesome. I don't have wheat stocks. bloomed grass one time my partner and I with our kids we um like went to this meadow that was near our house that was just like overgrown and it had like some stunning bloomed grass and we just like picked that and wildflowers because like I want what's happening here in nature now we are that is what we are celebrating exactly what's happening for the world right now mm-hmm. and that is this beautiful grass that's here either way and i want to celebrate and i love wildflowers and what a perfect way so between abundance recognition and like gratitude um going to get some bloomed grass because maybe your partner only likes to mow the lawn once a month like Grass is beautiful when it's bloomed. I love it. Weirdly, my partner's the one that doesn't like to mow it, but like he is allergic to grass. Homeboy is allergic. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? He appreciates that it looks pretty and, you know, uses his energy wisely. So don't mow your lawns. Let it grow abundantly for llamas. Skip a week for the environment as well. Like, I promise you. For the nature spirits, they love it so much more. We have noticeably more butterflies in our yard than anyone else on our on our block. Mm-hmm. We have at least three butterflies that live in our grass and our garden and our backyard because we just don't mow it nearly as much. And we just adore it so much. It makes me so happy. So let your nature spirits have some abundance this week. Don't mow the lawn. That's a great llama idea. <laughs> Take the break in the eye of the hurricane. Take a rest. More work is coming. Don't worry. 
Yeah, and this is also for the northern hemisphere because we're coming up on August 1st. Yes. So in the southern hemisphere, you're going to be celebrating Imbolc. Oh, I also love Imbolc. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, me too. Um, Imbolc is fantastic and for as loud and roaringly vivacious as Lamas is with its Leo energy. Um, Imbolc is so quiet. It's so calm. Mm-hmm. I I love the piece of Imbolc. So I I wish everyone celebrating Imbolc a very a very peaceful dark night. I hope you light lots of little candles and like look at those little glimmering flames as they lead you into the growing light because it's coming for you just like the darkness is coming for us and we will get into Imbolc so much more. When Imbolc rolls around in the Northern Hemisphere, because I would love to wax poetic about Imbolc as well, because it also holds a special place in my little heart. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to our conversation at Tales from the Hearth today, everyone. I hope you enjoyed and we all gave you some different ways and ideas to think about nature practices and the amazing Sabbat we have coming up and all those sorts of things yeah thank you for being here with us having a conversation with us listening to us have a conversation um (laughs) and thank you also to alair for all of the historical information and ideas about (laughs) of course anytime lunasa llamas yeah i say llamas because i know how to say llamas it is arguably (laughs) the easiest yeah And we look forward to you being here with us for our next episode. Yeah, yeah. If you have any um, thoughts or comments you would like to kindly make to us, uh, (laughs) you can find our emails on the website and our Instagram handle. So we would love to hear from you. We would love to discuss these things Mm -hmm. even more. Thank you for thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you. We are so grateful you joined us by the hearth for this enchanting conversation. You can connect with us further at thecuratedhearth.com or follow us on Instagram at thecuratedhearth. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be so pleased if you would rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, our beliefs are our own. We encourage everyone to do more research to find the spiritual practice that fits them best. Thank you for joining us for Tales from the Hearth. Once again, I'm Alaire. And I'm Kristen. Take care.